Today's weather, a high of 39 degrees with a low of 18 degrees. Brrr. Okay, how many of you people out there have, uh, when you were little, you went to Sunday school class, you went to church? Who remembers going to Sunday school and learning Bible stories? Well, did you remember the story of uh, King Saul when he asked David to play the harp in his presence? Yeah, that's found in uh, 1 Samuel 16, um, verses 14 to 23. There was an evil spirit that was tormenting King Saul. So one of his uh, King Saul's, King Saul's uh, close advisors told him about David and how David played the harp. So David was summoned to King Saul's presence. And David played the harp and the demons or the evil spirit fled King Saul. It soothed his soul. The playing of music by David soothed Saul's soul. So that's what we're going to look at today. We are going to look at what music can do to the human body. Now, I'm not comparing this to a demon uh, attached to someone's body, but clearly there is relationship to the human mind and music. So we're going to take a look at that when we get right back. Welcome back, and just a reminder, you are listening to Mornings with Ken, heard every Monday through Friday at 5.45 a.m. The mind, the mind. Yes, we're talking about music and what music can do for your mind, your brain. As we mentioned before in the story of King Saul and David, David, through music, was able to soothe Saul's soul in so much that the demon fled from Saul. So it gave Saul a break from being uh, tortured um, mentally. So music is powerful. Now, in that example with Saul and David, obviously um, God was involved in that. But um, generally speaking, music does have some benefits to our mind. I want to read you part of an article from, um, this is coming from the University of Central Florida. So this is a little study or information from 
University of Central Florida dot um, edu. So the brain, how the brain responds to music. It's so. I'll try to go over and hit the highlights. But here in, in, in part of the article is talking about how what music does to Alzheimer's patients. So um, let me just read this part here. Usually in the late stages of Alzheimer's, patients are unresponsive. But once you put headphones on the patient and play their favorite music, their eyes light up. They start moving and some, sometimes singing. The effect lasts maybe 10 minutes or so, even after you turn the music off. This can be seen on the MRI, where lots of different parts of the brain light up. So, um, yeah, so, so it's scientific that music causes the brain to send off signals and you can create a mood of happiness or sorrow in, in some sense. Um, I, I wanted to play uh, an audio from a video um, that you might have seen on social media, but the audio wasn't very good quality. So I'll just quickly tell you about um, a video. It, now this video is about a elderly black woman who is suffering with Alzheimer's. And the other person involved is an older Jewish lady. Now the, the person's lady suffering with Alzheimer's was brought up as a Christian uh, person. The person taking care of her is a white Jewish lady and she is trying to just comfort um, the lady suffering from Alzheimer's. So I found it interesting because in the video it's described as a Jewish, Jewish lady helps sing gospel songs to Alzheimer's patient. And if you no, religion, Jews and Christians, you know, throughout history, there's, <laughs> there's been a, a big difference there. But it was neat to see this lady, the therapist, use music therapy to help activate the patient's mind. So here's this Jewish lady and she's trying to help the elderly Christian patient by singing to her. So she starts singing to her, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, a, a, a song she knew the lady would recognize from her childhood growing up in a Christian church. The Jewish lady knew that she would recognize this song. And the Jewish lady basically reached out 
and grabbed the patient's face in her hands and and basically put her forehead against the patient's forehead, almost nose touching nose, and sang it right into her face. And slowly, as she's singing the song, the patient starts tapping her arm against the chair, the armchair, in rhythm with the music. Now, this lady was very unresponsive originally um, because of her Alzheimer's. She wasn't very, she was at the very, sadly, she was at the last stages of Alzheimer's. So she was very un- unresponsive. But through the power of music, the lady s- slowly started to be more responsive by tapping her arm to the to her, the, the lady singing, Jesus Loves Me. And then they moved on to uh, another Christian gospel song. And the Jewish lady singing um, songs about Jesus. And uh, the, the black Christian lady just moving her hands with the music. And then the powerful moment is when the patient, she opens up her eyes. Because her eyes previously were closed all the time. So she was so moved in her spirit, in her mind, that then she was able to open up her eyes, even just for five, ten minutes, while the Jewish lady sang her song to her. And it was just a powerful moment, a really powerful moment. Um, the, the, the last song she sang to the lady involved a response. So the Jewish lady would sing part of the song and then the patient would say the last couple words in the song. And uh, I wish I could play it for you, but it's the volume's so low, I don't think it would uh, do well on my pad- podcast. But, you know, I got two things from that. One, um, the Jewish lady put aside her Jewishness, her religion, um, to sing a Christian gospel song to a Christian person. Um, So that was one thing I got out of it. And then the fact that watching this lady go from very unresponsive to slowly getting into the music and then opening up her eyes and then being able to to say a couple words of the song, to finish the line in the song. It was a powerful, powerful moment. But that's what music can do um, to your brain and I believe to your soul. And uh, so music is very powerful. Again, in, in the article, How the Brain Responds to Music, They talk about the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe um, is used in thinking and decision-making and planning. The frontal lobe is the most important to being human. We have a big frontal lobe compared to what animals have. By listening to music, we can enhance its function. So by listening to music, we can cause the frontal lobe to enhance 
enhance its function, sending off more signals. That's what music actually does to your brain. It enhances the frontal lobe functions. Now, I don't know if as we go through this, we're going to be able to, or I'm going to be able to uh, uh, pronounce all these uh, words here because uh, I'm just a uneducated boy from the city of Akron. But um, I'll do my best. Moving on the temporal lobe. Oh, the cat decides to join me right on the lap. Um, the temporal lobe. Um, it processes what we hear. That's very interesting. The temporal lobe, which I think it looks like it's part of the brain that is, you have the top of your front of your brain. So this is like probably right behind your eyes. Um, so the temporal lobe processes, processes what we hear. We use the language center to appreciate music which spans both sides of the brain. Though language and words are interpreted in the left hemisphere, while music and sounds are interpreted in the right hemisphere. So the left hemisphere, let me read that again, which spans both sides of the brain through language and words are interpreted in the left hemisphere. So the words are interpreted on the left side of the brain while music and sounds are interpreted in the right hemisphere. So not only has it, it's music affecting the frontal lobe, the temporal lobe, now let's, this other part of the brain, let me do the best to pronounce this. Broca's, Broca's area, B-R-O-C-A-S area. Brocos, Brocos. Well, anyway, it enables us to produce speech. Wow. So that part of the brain is rather really small um, compared to the other part of the brain. So it enables us to produce speech. We use this part of the brain to express music. Playing an instrument may improve your ability to communicate better. Interesting. So that small part of the brain may improve your ability to communicate better. So we use this part of the brain to express music. Wow, that little part of the brain is what helps us bring the music out. And it could help us be a better speaker. Very interesting. Uh-oh, here's another one. Wernick's area. Wernick's? Wernick's area. W-E-R-N-I-C-K-E-S. It comprehends written and spoken language. Again, this is a very small portion of the brain. We use this part of the brain to analyze and enjoy music. So we analyze the music and enjoy it. Again, so it's infecting what now? Uh, four parts of the brain. Four parts of the brain are being affected by music. All right, let's move on to the optal, optal lobe. Processes what we see. 
Professional musicians use the optical cortex, which is the visual cortex, when they listen to music, while laypersons like me use the temporal lobe, the auditory language center. This suggests that musicians might visualize a music score when they are listening to music. Wow, so if you're like a musician, you're going to use more part of this brain because it's almost like you can visualize the score. Kind of like Mozart. It was said that Mozart almost could visualize the notes in the air. Um, so maybe that's why Mozart was so brilliant. So what is that? Five different parts of the brain that music affects. Cerebellum. Cerebellum. It coordinates movement and stores physical memory. Now that looks like that's at the back of the brain, so the back of your head. Hmm. An Alzheimer's patient, even if he doesn't recognize his wife, could still play the piano if he learned it when he was young because playing has become a muscle memory. Those memories in a cerebellum Never fade out. Isn't that something? Let me read that again. We're talking about the cerebellum in the back of the brain. An Alzheimer's patient, even if he doesn't recognize his wife, could still play the piano if he learned it when he was young because playing has become a muscle memory. Those memories in the cerebellum never fade out. That is amazing. And I, I could see that because so along with music, like, like the elderly lady in the story that I told you about um, with, with Alzheimer's, she still remembered those gospel songs from um, her Sunday school days. But I was talking about um, playing an instrument. So it's, it's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that that's that is pretty amazing. All right, now we're going to talk about the nucleus acabins. We're not even going to try to pronounce that word. So this looks like it's in the middle part of your brain, in the center part of your brain. It seeks out pleasure and reward, plays a big role in addiction as it releases their neurotransmitter, dopamine. Oh, so that's why I have a Coca-Cola addiction. That part of the brain seeks pleasure and reward. Mm, mm, mm. All right, how does it relate to music? Music can be a drug, a very addictive drug, because it also, because it also acting on the same part of the brain as illegal drugs. Music increases dopamine in the nucleus, similar to cocaine. Oh, wow. Wow. So music is that powerful. It's like the addiction of cocaine. Isn't that amazing? The brain reacts to music. And they say there is no God. Um, yeah, I think there is.
Now we're going to talk about, oh, the Amagada, Amagadala. Oh, I used to know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> All right, processes and triggers emotions. Music can control your fear, make you ready to fight and increase pleasure. When you feel shivers go down your spine, it's the Amagada, uh, well, it's that part of the brain that I can't pronounce. So when you feel shivers go down your spine. So music can control your fear. Hmm. It's kind of reminded me maybe with Saul and David, when David was playing the harp, um, maybe that was the part of the brain um, that was being touched. But also in the biblical story, um, Saul was being um, bothered by demonic presences. So... Hippocampus, hippocampus. Yes, another part of the brain I cannot pronounce. It's sort of in the same section, I guess. The very center of the brain. It produces and retrieves memories, regulates emotion responses, and helps navigate. Consider the central processing unit of the brain. It is one of the first regions of the brain to be affected by Alzheimer's, leading to confusion and memory loss. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. I'm thinking about my dad, even though my dad has dementia, which is a little different than Alzheimer's, but it kind of hits home with me when I'm reading this. Music may increase uh, the neurons in the hippocampus, allowing production of new neurons and improving memory. So music, it's sort of like it can kind of relight the fires of some of the memories. It can turn them back on again a little bit, even if it's just um, temporarily. So music is crazy. Oh, look, I'm going to love to mispronounce the next part of the brain, the hippopotamus. That is not what it says, but it looks like hippopotamus. Hypo, hypotomonymous. You guys are probably just getting a kick out of uh, hearing me try to pronounce fancy, fancy uh, medical terms. Anyway... This part of the brain maintains the body status quo. It links the um, nervous system and produces and releases essential hormones and chemicals that regulate thirst, appetite, sleep, mood, heart rate, blood temperature, metabolism, growth, sex drive, just to name a few. If you play Mozart, for example, heart rate and blood pressure reduce. That, that's so true. If, I mean, I don't think it's probably just Mozart, but if you listen to soft, relaxing music, your blood pressure is going to go down. Your heart rate and blood, that, that's, yeah. All right, moving on to the corpus callosum. <laughs> All right. It enables the left and right hemisphere to communicate, allowing for coordinated body movements as well as complex thoughts that require logic and intuition. As a musician, you want to have the right-hand side and the left-hand side of the brain in coordination so they can talk to each other. This allows pianists, for example, to translate notes on a sheet to the keys their fingers hit to produce 
the music. Wow. See, you musicians got, you know, you got your brain all together. I was going to stop, but I, there's only one more left. So I'm going to finish up with uh, Potamin, P-U-T-A-M-E-N, or to be politically correct, Pata Woman. No, just kidding. Sorry. Processes rhythm and regulates body movement and coordination. Music can increase the dopamine in this area, and music increases our response to rhythm. By doing this, music temporarily stops the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Rhythmic, rhythmic music, for example, has been used to help Parkinson's patients function, such as getting up and down and even walking, because Parkinson's patients need assistance in moving, and music can help them kind of like a cane. Unfortunately, after the music stops, the pathology comes back. Excuse me. So that's very interesting. So there is something to music and the brain. So here's a question they leave you with. What music is the best? Now it says here, whether it's rock and roll, jazz, hip-hop, classical, it really doesn't matter. It's affected by you individually, although they say that most people um, react better to classical music as far as the brain. So, hey, very good article from the um, University of Central Florida um, dot edu. So, yeah, check that article out online if you like. So, yeah, you know, I had to uh, kind of think about my uh, father as we're, we're talking about the loss of brain function. And I'll say my father has dementia. And uh, kind of funny, uh, kind of a funny story. Um, just uh, actually a matter of hours ago. Um, yeah, just a matter of a few hours ago. Um, I was laying in bed. You know, it's the middle of the night. I was laying in bed. And I was laying there, and I felt like the presence of someone. Like, like I'm asleep, but I felt like someone was there. And I'm like... It was kind of eerie, like, am I dreaming or what? Well, somebody was there. It was my dad, and he was trying to, well, he thought he was in his bedroom. My dad has dementia. So I get, but when I wake up, I'm kind of scared. All I, all I can see in the darkness of the room is kind of like a shadowy person there. So my first thought is an intruder like oh there's an intruder so I I reach up with my right arm and I grab him by his uh, right shoulder and I grab his t-shirt and I pull him closer and my <laughs> very it's weird because my dad doesn't talk very well since his dementia but as clear as anything he says who are you 
uh, <laughs> and I realized it was my dad. And I go, Dad, it's me, your son, Kenny. He goes, he goes, what are you doing in my bed? I said, I'm not in your bed. You're trying to get in my bed. I said, Dad, your bed's across the hall. <laughs> oh, I was angry, frustrated, scared. And I kind of laughed about it, but not at first. Because, you know, you you wake up in the middle of the night because you sense someone's presence standing right by your bed. I mean, he was up by my head, where my head was, and uh, just standing there. I think he started to reach like he was going to get in bed. And uh, I quickly grabbed the, his shoulder and his T-shirt and just yanked him. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Oh, why are you in my bed? No, my bed. Oh, I'm glad I was on that side of the bed and not Dixie. Um, that would have been horrible. Um, so, hey, pray pray for my dad. Um, it's uh, if you have a family member that's you know go have Alzheimer's or dementia, it's 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 difficult. So um, say a say a prayer for my dad and uh, the family because it's a uh, kind of kind of difficult. So, hey, let's take a quick break, and uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I like it already. It's 
Hey, welcome back to Mornings with Ken. Hey, I wasn't really planning on talking about um, this part in relation to music, but I was kind of uh, intrigued by um, David playing the harp, causing um, the demons to flee from Saul's presence. Um, So I've always heard growing up in church that Satan, or Lucifer, as he was referred to in heaven, was full of music. And his being, well, he was made, he was the head cherubim in heaven. And um, they worshipped the Lord constantly. And he was the chief cherubim up in heaven. And... He's described in Ezekiel with having um, timbrels, tabrets, and pipes. And there's a little controversy um, depending on the interpretation of um, some of the words. The New King James Version calls them pipes and timbles and tabrets, which were musical instruments um, in that day in the, in the Hebrew culture. Um, the NIV translated as settings, those things as um, foundations and settings. Um, but I was sort of researching a little bit. But some would argue that there's a pretty good there's a pretty good um reason there's a there's it's arguably it can be said that Satan was filled with his whole being was basically like a musical instrument um it's here it's in the article I'm reading, it talks about um, there's a good argument for him being made out of pipes. Or, I mean, pipes were within his being. Um, and it was his... When it says in Ezekiel, Satan, you have been, been prepared for an occupation. Uh, this is an... Uh, uh, a theologian's interpretation of those words. Satan, you have been prepared for an occupation using praise, tambourines, and pipes. Um, That is how one uh, theologian describes um, Ezekiel um, in its definition of of Lucifer. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter one way or the other, but it it just shows you... um, Music comes from God. Music comes from God. And and God, I believe, enjoys music. Um, look, look at the, throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelations, and you're going to find music. And God uh, telling people to celebrate um the children of Israel celebrated uh, throughout their history 
um, a different occasion. David danced before the Lord so much so that he and his wife was embarrassed and uh, told David, David, it says David ripped his robe off. So I don't know what he was wearing underneath that robe, but David was out there uh, dancing. Some scholars say he was dancing naked and it, it, it infuriated his wife because uh, she was embarrassed. So, but music is part of it's it's part of our our humanity. God made us to enjoy music, and uh, music is a powerful tool. Which reminds me, um, I, I'm probably going to do a music show. Um, tune in on Saturday. I you know I I started off doing a Saturday show uh, once in a while, and I got away from it. So, but a couple friends asked me to do another music show. And uh, my one buddy wants a rap show. He wants me to do a show on rap music. Well, I'm not really a big rap guy. It just never was my genre. Um, I'm more of an old school 80s guy. So, you know, if I am going to do rap, it's going to be... DMC and um, the Beastie Boys or <laughs> something like that. But I don't know. Maybe I'll do a rap show. But uh, definitely, you know, a show this Saturday because I love music. So we're going to do that. We're going to do that. So um, check in on Saturday and see if I snuck in a musical show for you. So all right, everybody. On that note, I'll let you go to work. I hope you had your coffee and your virtual donut. I forgot to tell you to get that. But, uh, hey, if you like the show, tell a friend about it. And uh, tell them there's this crazy guy, Mornings with Ken. And uh, it's a show about nothing. And, uh, hey, maybe they'll enjoy it. So thanks again for stopping by. Love you guys. God bless.
she was tan. She was like proven, but couldn't understand how they make a music when there ain't no fans. And then she cried, James, everybody stand. She heard a James Brown sample and thought he was dead. She got hope, shook her head and said, kids these hands. But then again, we think the Beatles were weird. Some are making me ill, and those obscene lyrics are overkill. But I started him seeing way back in the day, and since then, there's been a serious change. You know, I asked Craig to come into my heart, and he gave me a brand new start. And on top of that, he gave me my dream to do a hip-hop music with 